just going to pray over the word and just kind of dive into it. And uh, again, it's not long tonight. It's kind of an encouraging word about Hanukkah. But Lord, we thank you. I ask you to speak through me. And even now, where people are at, I just pray give us good, fertile soil of hearts and minds to be able to really receive tonight. Everything that needs to be spoken into us, Lord, that it's the word of the Lord really getting in us and taking root and and growing and producing a hundredfold harvest of eternal fruit that remains. And, And speak through me, Lord, and help us to be good soil, and this will be retained, it'll be understood and retained, and that you'll speak to me everything that needs to be spoken and everything will be accomplished in and through this word that you will to be done. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. Well, in this this second sermon I was doing on Hanukkah, you know, a couple weeks ago, I had no idea when the Lord gave me this that the service would go like this tonight. I mean, this this sermon came to me actually a while back, and um, it's so important that we move with the Holy Spirit. And it's so important that we embrace the ministry of the Holy Spirit and not just just the Word of God alone, but we need the Holy Spirit's ministry because just like tonight, you know, it's so refreshing and empowering to God's people. And we need that. We need that fresh anointing. We need that empowerment. And uh, the Holy Spirit is the one who brings the Word of God to life, you know. It's so vital. And unfortunately, historically, it's been a cycle. God will send revival and people will really embrace the Holy Spirit but then sure enough after revival wanes many people start getting more and more back into their politics and religion and pretty soon a lot of places are dead and dry spiritually there's no power there's no miracles and people come to church dry they leave dry but how many knows we need the ministry of the Holy Spirit my goodness that, that makes all the difference I love the word and we need the word too but we need both. All right, so a couple things. It's not hard to figure this out because you can do the math. The Bible talks about John the Baptist, and he was so many months along in um, Elizabeth's womb. And then when Jesus was conceived and all that, it it's not hard to figure this out. But anyway, most likely Jesus was conceived at Hanukkah. Now think about that. Something that had been foreshadowed all those years. Everything that hint all the law, all the prophets, everything hinged around the coming of the Messiah. And that this was the time that God chose for the Messiah to be placed into the womb of Mary. It was right around this Hanukkah time. So Jesus was conceived. The Holy Spirit came over Mary and there was a conception in her womb and then nine months later would have been around the time of tabernacles that Jesus was actually born okay so that was most likely how it actually unfolded no we celebrate the birth of Christ at Christmas time but actually it's around that time that Jesus was probably conceived not that you know it's wonderful to celebrate the birth of Christ anytime um, but Zechariah 4 verse 1 let me just read this um, then the angel who was speaking with me returned and roused me as a man who's awakened from his sleep and he said to me what do you see and I said I see and behold a lampstand of all gold with its bowl on the top of it 
seven lamps, so like a menorah, the sprouts belonging to each of the lamps which are on the top of it, and two olive trees, one on the right, one on the left. And the angel that was speaking to me said, What are these, my Lord? And Or I said to the angel, What are these, my Lord? And the angel who was speaking with me answered and said, Do you not know what these are? And I said, No, my Lord. He said, This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. Now Zerubbabel was a descendant of David. So he was the legitimate king of this time. This was a reconstruction period when Israel, the Jewish people, were coming out of Babylonian captivity back to the land of Israel. And so Zerubbabel was the first king after the return, okay? And this is what Zechariah the prophet was encouraging the king. So understand, this was difficult times. Man. Everything they were trying to do, the people that were in the land were against them. You know, it was, it was a very difficult task. They were having to rebuild the altar. They were having to rebuild the whole temple. They were having to, through Nehemiah, rebuild the wall. I mean, this was a. This would have been a time that would have. It would have been easy to be discouraged because there was so much to do, and and the people coming back were obviously not extremely wealthy people. It was just. It was difficult. But the prophet Zechariah had a word for Zerubbabel and said, "This, it's not going to be by your human might, and it's not going to be by your power that this will be done, but it will be by my spirit," says the Lord of Hosts. And God said, he referred to himself here as Yahweh Tzavot, the Lord of hosts, which is the Lord of angel armies. So what God was saying here was, it's not going to be your human effort that's going to get this job done. It's going to be a work of my Holy Spirit's power that will accomplish this. And he was saying, remember, I am the Lord of angel armies. I will send my angels on your behalf. And so it goes on to say, What are you, O great mountain, before Zerubbabel? You will become a plain. You will be brought down. And Zerubbabel will bring forth the top cornerstone, the capstone, with shouts of grace to it. Meaning, this job will be accomplished. The hands, verse 9, the hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation. In other words, Zerubbabel and the people there, they started this project. How many know sometimes when you start something, you think to yourself, am I ever going to be able to finish this? But this was the prophet, and he was there to encourage him, and he said this, Zerubbabel laid the foundation of this house, and his hands will finish it. So he was saying, be encouraged, Zerubbabel. This is not by human effort. This is a move of God. It's the anointing. It's the Holy Spirit that's going to do this. I'm the God of angel armies. Don't forget that. I'll send my angels. And be encouraged because your hands laid the foundation, but your hands will finish it. You're not going to die in some... You know, it's going to be done in your generation, and you're going to see it with your eyes. Be encouraged. And so the prophet was encouraging him. Then you will know the Lord of hosts has sent me to you as a prophet, Zechariah says. For who has despised the days of small things, small beginnings? But these seven will be glad when they see the plumb line, the measuring rod, in the hand of Zerubbabel. These are the eyes of the Lord which range to and fro throughout the earth. Then I said to him, well, what are these, Zechariah is talking to the angel. Well, what are these two olive trees that are by the, the lampstand, the menorah? 
and I see that the oil keeps pouring in from these olive trees into this lampstand. What, who are, what are these two trees? And he answered a second time, said, the two olive branches which are beside the two golden pipes which empty oil into that. It says, do you not know what these are? And I said, no, my Lord. And he said, these are the two anointed ones who are standing by the Lord. So it was referring to Zerubbabel as the king. And it was referring to Joshua the high priest of that time. He was a descendant of Aaron. Okay. He was the high priest of this time. And you have to understand how difficult this time was. These people had been in Babylonian captivity and ended up, in, ended up becoming under Persian rule. And you know the story of the days of when Haman, the story of Esther, Haman tried to wipe out the Jews. I mean, they, they had felt like they were without a homeland. They didn't have a temple. So the priesthood were just reading about what to do, but they never got to do it. They never got to, to offer up the offerings or burn the incense. And, and so it was difficult. And now Cyrus comes to power and God is moving to send them back and they're having to go back. They're kind of, they feel like vagabonds, you know. They're, they probably weren't very wealthy. Um, they lived as foreigners in a foreign land and they're going back and they've got to rebuild the temple they've got to reinstate the priesthood and so in this condition Joshua the high priest is anointed now and he's stepping into something that hasn't been done for 70 years and so the Zerubbabel now is is becoming the king in, in establishing his dynasty but God said about them he said these are my two anointed ones how important it is as leaders that we keep a fresh anointing on our lives are you hearing what I'm saying it would be very easy to get distracted with other things but it's so important to keep a prayer life and to stay close to the Lord in prayer and in the word as a pastor, as any leader, as a youth leader, whatever, it's very important to stay really close to the Lord and stay in prayer and keep that fresh anointing. Because if, for example, I say this with humility and I don't know how else to say it other than to just say it this way, but if I was to quit praying and get distant from the Lord, the move of the Holy Spirit tonight would have never happened. I mean, that's just the way it is. So that's what God was saying here to these leaders, you know, that they're, they're the, it's coming from them. It, the oil, the anointing flows through the leaders. And I remember hearing at Brownsville that um, the pastor's wife, Brenda Kilpatrick, was saying that when Steve came, it was like the descriptive term was that they had been praying all those years and it was like the fumes of you know, like gas fumes, so to speak, okay? The incense, all the worship and prayer that was going on all those years was, was in the atmosphere of the church. And when Steve came as the evangelist, it was like a match that was lit and it caught all those fumes and it just exploded. But Brenda Kilpatrick said this. She said that Sunday, whenever the Holy Spirit started to move, she said the Holy Spirit only moved up to a point but when Brother Kilpatrick was the pastor of that church, when he got up and he came up to the platform and he leaned on it and he said, guys, this is it. This is the move of God we've been praying for. Get in on it. 
and when he made that decree as a pastor that he embraced the move of God and he said this is it go after it when he said that Brittany Kilpatrick said it was like now the Holy Spirit had only been moving up to a certain level but when he said that the Holy Spirit just exploded in the whole church and they said that it looked like you know like a hundred people would just collapse at one time because it's so important because the leaders have got to be in that flow if he had gotten up and said something like this well it's been a good meeting today but let's all just pack it up you know and move on if he had had that type of attitude it would have killed what God was doing you see what I'm saying and so you you have to as a leader you have to be in the flow of the Holy Spirit it's very important it's very important to stay sensitive to the Holy Spirit and to move with him and to have a fresh anointing on our lives all of us the worship team everybody even tonight as we go witnessing it's not by human might or power it's by the Spirit you're never going to be able to argue people in but if the Holy Spirit's moving upon them they will be convicted and drawn okay all right so we know let me just read a few more things and close out afterward Jesus appeared to the eleven after he raised from the dead remember and they were reclining at the table and he approached them uh, he reproached them for their unbelief and hardness of heart because they had not believed those who had seen Jesus that he had risen and he said to them now go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation he who believes and is baptized will be saved and those who disbelieve shall be condemned and these signs will follow those that believe you guys believers here these signs will follow you in the name of Jesus they will cast out demons they will speak in new tongues they will and it talked about here picking up serpents and then drink deadly poison it won't hurt them at all and I'll explain that in a moment they will lay hands on the sick and they shall recover the reason why it references serpents and poison is because those were two very real problems in the Middle East even to this day like in India snakes are a real problem I mean it you wouldn't even know even if you shut every door and window you know they'll come up through a water pipe in the house next thing you know there they are you know and there's a number of people that, that die from snake bites in places in the Middle East. So it was a very real issue. As a matter of fact, people um, traveling from one place to the next, and they're just walking along the roadside. You know, a lot of snakes are camouflaged to some degree in the grass, and you wouldn't see them. But what it was saying here was that even as people were going about their lives, even if a snake bit them, that the Lord would protect them. Now, it's interesting because this actually happened. The Apostle Paul was with those, that group that had the shipwreck, remember? He ends up on an island called Malta. It's in the book of Acts. And on this island, Malta, they had built a fire. And Paul was part of the, you know, starting the fire. And when the fire lit, a snake jumped out and bit Paul in the hand. Very deadly snake, mind you. And so the people there being superstitious thought, man, he must be a really evil criminal. I mean, the God, the God here just really got him, you know. And they were waiting for him to swell up and die. But Paul shook it off in the fire, and he was totally fine. That fulfilled this scripture, you understand that? And, um, and the people were so shocked that Paul didn't swell up and drop dead that then they being superstitious they go to the other extreme well man he must be some kind of a god or some kind of a really super spiritual giant or something you know well 
that kind of opened the door for Paul to pray with one of their leaders who was sick and God healed him and it you know caused a revival there on the island but the point of the story is and this is that there's supernatural protection and even poison that's how many times somebody would assassinate another person would be to slip a little poison in their drink and they wouldn't know they would drink it and die but there's been many stories down through the years of Christians that God has supernaturally protected them all right and so the Lord Jesus had spoken to them he was received up into heaven set at the right hand of God and they went out that all the disciples on there they went out and preached everywhere and the Lord worked with them and confirmed the word by signs that followed so as Christians there needs to be signs that are following us we need to have people testimonies um, behind our ministry of people that have been healed of things delivered of demonic things and and that God did a mighty work in their life because that's that's the anointing but the Bible's clear that God confirmed his word by signs sometimes the reason why God isn't confirming things is because people are just preaching their opinion or preaching motivational speeches if you're going to preach the word God will back it up and so these are the last couple things is if you're going to preach the word you got to preach the power of the cross the cross is the power of God unto salvation preaching the word not our opinions but preach the word of God number two the oil of the anointing we need a fresh anointing it is by the anointing that the kingdom moves forward remember what God told Zerubbabel honestly in the days of Zerubbabel what they were trying to do in the human flesh would have been extremely difficult to accomplish they had so much resistance the people of the land were bucking up against them but it was not by human effort alone it was the anointing that made it happen and so we need a fresh anointing on our lives because that's going to be the power to see things happen that normally couldn't happen and the light and the fire the Bible says about Jesus in Matthew 3:11. John the Baptist said listen I just baptize you with water for repentance but when he comes he will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire and that's to me one of the main aspects of Hanukkah is that you see that there's a, there's oil in these lamps okay it's a fresh oil and there's a fresh fire and that's what we need in our lives is to be anointed with fresh oil and baptized in fire and we need it continually because as one preacher said we leak and so we need to be refilled we do we need to be refilled refilled there's nothing worse than somebody that's talking about the anointing 20 years ago you know that gets old what about a fresh anointing today you know if God's the same yesterday today and forever and he is then there should be miracles now we shouldn't be talking about the healing 20 years ago so we need a move of God now that means we need fresh oil now and we need the fire of the Holy Ghost now and Jesus said in Acts 1 8 listen you're gonna be my witnesses you'll start here in Jerusalem remember this was fulfilled mind you in the book of Acts it started in Jerusalem went to Judea remember Philip went to Samaria and then to the ends of the earth Paul took it to the ends of the earth I mean this was fulfilled and we read it in the book of Acts Jesus said you're gonna be my witnesses here in Jerusalem to Judea Samaria to the ends of the earth 
But he said, you will receive power when the Holy Ghost comes upon you. So it was the power. In other words, what God was saying was, that listen, what I'm telling you about going to the ends of the earth with the gospel is not possible in your human flesh alone. You're going to need the power of the Holy Spirit to do this. So when the Holy Spirit comes upon you in power and you're anointed, it's not going to be by human might. It's not going to be by human effort. But this will be accomplished, but it will be accomplished by the anointing of the Holy Spirit. That's why Jesus said, don't go off doing this yet. Go wait in Jerusalem till you're clothed with power. You need that anointing to be able to do what you're called to do. It's not going to be by human effort. It's going to have to be the anointing. It's just like Jesus showing up and saying, casting the net on the other side of the boat. To anybody that would seem, to a, a fisherman, that would seem so stupid because there's no way after fishing all night, I'm just going to go a few feet over here and catch a bunch of fish. But uh, what's stupid to carnal human man is many times the very wisdom of God. It's a, it's a miracle. It's supernatural. And then the anointing will empower for service. And, and the anointing is what takes you deep in the glory. And that's what I felt tonight when I, I felt led to anoint people and pray over you. And what I felt was this. I want you to remember this. Moses anointed the tabernacle first. He anointed it. Then the glory of God saturated that tabernacle. Also, Moses anointed Aaron first. He was anointed. Then after he was anointed, he was able to go in and minister in the tabernacle. The anointing prepares us to go into the glory. And I felt tonight when I was anointing and praying for people, I was anointing you with oil and praying for you, I felt tonight that God was anointing people to go deeper into his glory. And I feel like that's what God's doing for us. He's been anointing us and anointing us again and anointing us one more time. You know, he just keep anointing us. But, he, but with that, you'll notice we're going deeper in the glory. Then going deeper in the glory. And we keep having these increases. But the anointing is what helps us get into the glory. It's a priestly ministry. And so I encourage you here at Hanukkah. Seek the Lord for a fresh anointing and a fresh revival in your life. We want to be wise virgins with extra oil when Jesus comes. And secondly, like the lit menorah, we're called to be a light in the world. It's going to be the baptism of fire. See, people are going to see something different about us. There was one minister, and I don't remember who it was. Maybe some of you might remember. But he said, Lord, dip me in the kerosene of your spirit and let me burn for you. And uh, Brianna was praying earlier today, and she was telling me she felt led for, to pray, Lord, you know, dip us in the anointing and then let the fire consume us. Same principle. But God has to anoint us with fresh oil and baptize us with fresh fire. You know, and that's what happened with, with Steve at Brownsville. Just yet, for some reason, that revival's in my heart tonight. But, you know, Brother Steve, before he went, he was just a burned-out missionary. He was worn out. He was tired. And he had went out of desperation for a fresh touch on his life. He went to Holy Trinity in uh, Brompton there in London. And Randy Clark had went there beforehand out of the Toronto revival. He went there to this particular church, this Anglican church. And prayed for Sandy Miller, who is the, you know, he's called a vicar. He's the pastor there. 
and prayed for the people and there was a move of God going on in that church and Steve was coming through and he, he read about it and he was just hungry for more well, he had been in the Argentine revival but he was just so hungry for more he was burned out as a missionary and he went in there and Sandy Miller prayed over him and he said he just went out on power and he said it was like rivers flowing through him you know what happened God gave him a fresh anointing and a fresh baptism in the Holy Ghost and with fire and uh, when he went to Brownsville what um, what brother John said was he said I'd known Steve for years but he said man he said something was totally different about him he said he was just baptized in fire he said he couldn't sit still he kept moving around he was just he was on fire and that's what we need we need a fresh anointing in our lives and a fresh baptism of fire and that's one of the messages of Hanukkah is that oil and fire and so every week when I come in here I want to hear from God and give you the word of the Lord not my opinion not a motivational speech sometimes the sermons like tonight are really encouraging other times they convict all of us me too you know we need all of it and I try to come in and bring the word that's wonderful but I also pray earnestly that we have a move of the Holy Spirit because I know that you need that you need that you need that refreshing you need that touch how many have come in here before and it was just tough but man after you got touched by a holy a holy spirit you left out of here feeling pretty good didn't you you need that you you need that empowerment you need that refreshing you need the holy spirit to wash off you the past week and just give you a fresh anointing and empowerment for the coming week we all need it and so live a life that is truly righteous and on fire all right and then I close with this scripture, Isaiah 60, verse 1. Arise and shine, for your light has come. The glory of the Lord will rise upon you. Darkness covers the earth. Thick darkness is over the, over the people. But the Lord rises upon you, and his glory appears over you. And nations will come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your dawn. In these latter days, there's going to be thick darkness. But God's people are going to be just like these lights that are in here tonight as the darkness keeps getting darker and darker there's going to be a remnant and there's going to be places where God is really pouring out his spirit and people that are groping in the darkness looking for something they're going to look and they're going to see there's something there and they're going to start going toward that light of God's presence and God's going to draw them and they're going to stumble into places like river of life and they're going to really have an encounter with the living God and they'll never be the same. So our job is to just stay filled with fresh oil and to stay baptized in fire and to be a light and let God use us. Amen. So Lord, thank you for your word tonight. I ask you to seal this in the heart of your people. Lord, I know you love your people so much and thank you for your presence here tonight. Lord, we bless you. And Lord, as they go, I pray that you'll surround them with your angels and keep them safe. We live in what the Bible calls perilous times. But we are also under angelic surveillance and protection. And Lord, I pray let your angels be around your people. Keep them safe. Be guardians around them. Lord, let us have a fresh anointing. Let us be baptized in the Holy Ghost and with fire. Let people see a light in our lives. And let people from the nations be drawn out of those dark places to this light. It's the light of your presence. It's the light of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Lord, let people come to know your Son. Lord, I pray it's not going to be by our human effort, but it's going to be by the Spirit. Lord, in these latter days, pour out your Spirit and give us a harvest of souls. 
In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.